Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. This episode of Dwell is brought to you by The Daily Gathering, a 30-minute online meeting for children of all ages. Depending on where you live, it can be either a beautiful start to the morning or a restful pause before midday. Each gathering, the host, Larissa Kraft, reads a story, a poem, or a fable. And the gatherings will also include opening and closing prayers, classical music and artwork, Bible verse recitations, and a discussion. The focus of each gathering is to bring truth, goodness, and beauty into your homes through the telling of timeless tales. If you'd like to learn more about The Daily Gathering, just head over to searcyinstitute.com slash dailygathering. Again, that's searcyinstitute.com slash dailygathering. Hello and welcome to Dwell, a Searcy Institute podcast for homeschool moms by homeschool moms. I'm Emily Hill, and joining me are Karen Kern and Renee Mathis. Hey, ladies. Hello. Good afternoon. All right. So we had a super fun time last podcast talking about all the ways to have fun with your family. And I hope you were able to find some time to enjoy connecting with your crew over the last few weeks. I want to say for the record here that I played a single board game with my girls last week, and I was pretty proud of myself for doing so. So thank you to Karen and Renee for inspiring me. We also got a massive snowstorm with nearly two feet of snow. So we also had a lot of fun just getting outside and tromping around in the snow. How about you, Karen? Did you do anything fun with your kids or grandkids this week? Well, actually with Andrew, we went away to the mountains for four days and we had where we went had no internet and no phone and so we played many rounds of bananagrams and i'll say we were equally matched actually i thought he was gonna whip me but no we were pretty equally matched it was fun yep hey i i just need to say this i actually really love that game so i love it too Throw that out there. it's less of a commitment than scrabble and you can just and the better you are the faster it goes that's true. How about you, Renee? Anything fun in the last week or so? 
Uh, well, since the last podcast we did, we made a couple of trips to Houston and we did see those grandsons and uh, played quite a few rounds of taco cat goat cheese pizza. I may be done with that game for a while now. <laughs> I really do like games that are a little more, they require a little more thought. Let's just say that. So spending time with those guys is always just, just a blast. It was fun. And then last weekend we went to Houston to... Um, watch a friend's daughter get married. And that was just a lot of fun and delightful and good to connect with old friends and um, see some sweet people. It sounds like we, we all had some fun. Today, we're going to move into a topic that maybe can sound a little less fun, but it is a topic that has been much discussed and will continue to be so because it, can be, it can be a lot of work. Today, we're going to be discussing forming habits, and we hear, I mean, that's a constant conversation, not only in homeschool mom circles, but just in life. As they say, we are creatures of habit, and I do believe that the reason we keep talking about it is because it is so hard to do. We don't just overcome all of our vices and replace them with virtues in a day. So I think we should keep talking about it and keep doing it. And Karen had the great idea of taking a couple of weeks to explore habit formation um, and making and keeping. As when you're a homeschool mom, there's several bits and pieces to habits. The main conversation that happens in the homeschool world is how do we go about growing habits in our children? And as Charlotte Mason, who has written extensively on habit forming and keeping and making, she says, who you would have the man become that you must train the child to be. Let me just say that one more time. Who you would have the man become that you must train the child to be. So we're going to take some time to discuss the ideas and practices that back up this quote But Karen wisely mentioned that in order for us to set about growing those habits in our children, maybe we need to understand and embrace this hard work in ourselves. So let's just start the conversation there of what does it look like to form habits in ourselves? Why? What is the point? What are we doing this for? So before we jump into the nuts and bolts of that, I would love to hear from you how do you like how do you define what is a habit? So I have been thinking about this and I discovered that the word habit comes from a Latin word habitus, which means condition, bearing, state, appearance, dress, attire, and from the verb habeo, meaning I have, I hold, I keep. And that's really helpful to me because, of course, um, a habit becomes a condition when we do an action repeatedly until it becomes second nature so that we don't have to think about it anymore. And when we get to that point, it is something that we have or we hold. It becomes part of us. And so, you know, bad habits are very easy to form. Good habits are harder to form. Um, Ann Voskamp says, a habit is the way we wear our days. Kathleen Norris said, a habit is a daily act of love. So I love that how a big habit that can take a lifetime, really, sometimes, 
to develop is also such a small thing that it becomes a daily act of love or it's the way we wear days. And then, of course, the way we wear days becomes the way we wear our weeks, which becomes the day, the way we wear our lives, which is pretty sobering. Hmm. Yeah, there is just that sense. Like when we think habit, we just think of the mundane and the everyday, but it is such a big picture concept. And, and maybe that's the Charlotte Mason quote is, it is who, it is who you become. Um, and I think a, a major principle in Charlotte Mason education is this idea that children are born persons. And the whole idea behind that is that at birth, a child is as much human as an adult is. But in keeping with that principle, an adult has as much need as a child for formation and becoming and habit keeping. So Renee, like how do you how do you see that as a grown woman? Um, like how do these habits form us and make us become and where are we going with these habits? Where are we going? That's a good question. Um, I think one of the advantage of being a, an adult and a grown up looking at these areas of habits is that we understand, you know, that actions have consequences. Um, we understand that there are certain areas of our life, for example, that, that need to be orderly, that need to be addressed, that need to be attended to in, in a way that kids don't. So, you know, a child who doesn't feel like brushing their teeth every night and goes four or six months without brushing their teeth, it's, you know, can end up with a mouthful of cavities. But as adults, we understand, okay, there are things that I need to do and I need to address. Um, or there, there might be some bad consequences if I ignore this part of my life. So um, the good news is that we're never too old to start new habits or to work on areas in our life that might need addressing. Um, a lot of years ago, I used to teach a study skills class. And um, one of the things I used to encourage the kids in my class with was, you know, you're not defined by your weaknesses. We don't get to say, we don't get to say, well, I'm just not good at that. Therefore, I don't have to work on it. And, and I think the same thing goes with habits. So um, I'm, I'm just not a good housekeeper. Therefore, I can afford to just let my house go. No, maybe I need to learn some ways and some tools and some skills to attack this area in my life. Maybe I need to know there are some habits that I can build in so that um, this weakness you know, this is a weakness that I can address. So, you know, habits form us because the good news with habits is they're little, right? They're little things that we can do that add up over time. We don't have to address or, or attack this humongous issue all at once. We can break it down into little pieces and say, given the fact that I want to be a person who is X, who I want to be the kind of person who has this value demonstrated in my life, or I want to be the kind of person that, that can act this way, what would that look like in a small piece, right? Um, if I said I want to be a person who, who has a clean house, that might be way too big to address right now, but I can be a person who sweeps my floor every night before I go to bed. Right. And so that one little thing can snowball. And that's the neat thing about habits is they have a way of snowballing. 
right? I learned to sweep my floor at night before I go to bed. Next thing I know, I'm adding another habit to that. I'm going to sweep my floor and fold a load of laundry. And then, then that gets to be easier. Then we can, we can add to it. Does that make sense? Yeah, I actually feel like that's really helpful to me because I, I, I love this idea of begin with the end in mind. And so I, I set about doing that in that I look towards the end goal, like what am I working towards? But I don't know if any of y'all are like this. I do tend to like be big vision on this, right? Like, okay, you guys, we're going to start this new habit and I'm going to, you know, make sure the laundry's done every day and the kitchen's always clean and we're going to get all our school done by 12 so we can have our outdoor time. And wow, you like start thinking about it like that. And I would say two days in, but let's be honest, it's like one day in, you're like, I can never do this. I quit. I'm out. But it is those, those small, those small decisions. Like you said, I'm going to... I'm going to sweep my floor, but with the intention and the purpose of becoming um, and that you are, you're working towards something in this, into who you, into who you want to be, your house, your family, what it is. I don't know, Karen, how is that? What does that look like in your life? And that having something in mind of who you are becoming, but using small steps or daily habits to work towards that? Um, I think that has really helped me in keeping the house cleaner as the years have gone by and keeping things done. I'm, I, you know, I'm one of those people who are like, oh, housework is such drudgery. And yet I also feel like doing, doing housework is an act of love. Um, That reminds me of Heidi's recent talk at in the dwell conference where she talked about, we belong to a place. So we belong, each one of us belongs to our particular place, our particular home, our particular spouse, our particular children. The life that we've been given is where we belong. And it's an act of love to care for that place. And when we don't care for that place, it we fall into sloth. And the antidote for sloth, is love, she said. And I've been thinking about that, about that so much because no one would ever call me a perfectionist. I don't ever have to worry about that. Um, But, but I do like things to be orderly and it really helps me to keep it that way. When I think this is a, this is actually an act of love. I'm loving my place when I keep it clean. And when I, when I keep it as beautiful as I can, given all of my resources of time, of money, of, of whatever my resources are, it's okay to spend myself on this place that I love. And in doing so, I'm developing habits. What was the, what was the quote that you read at the beginning that talks about habits as an act of love? Was that yeah. the Elizabeth Elliot one or which one was that? Um, the Elizabeth Elliot one on habit is the way and Voskamp said habit is the way we wear our days. Kathleen Norris said a habit is a daily act of love. That one right there. And that's, that's, that's very helpful to me. And what a beautiful way to phrase that in habits do like when we, we, we often associate habits with drudgery or hard things like whatever like the mundane things like sweeping my floor or doing laundry or listening to another narration at 10 a.m or whatever it is um 
And even just the word habit, we think bad habits we have to fight against and then good habits are so hard to acquire. And then this idea that forming and building a habit, this is like, this is an act of love. Like this is my great, like this is my great work. This is my great calling to love my my children or my husband or myself or my God. It's through these. And, and this great calling isn't this big thing out there. It is many, many, many repetitive acts of love. That's what it is. It's, it's doing the things under that um, big umbrella of our big calling. Well, and Karen, you said earlier um, when we were talking about this, what we were going to talk about today, you mentioned the word habits of order and habits of attention. And I really, yeah, I've been thinking because, yeah. you know, they're habits of order, sweeping the floor, folding the laundry, but but habits of attention are, are good, positive things. Like when I have a habit in the morning of reading my Bible and praying, you know, attending to my relationship with the Lord and starting the day off on that note is a, is a wonderful, positive thing. Um, when I end the day, when my children were little with, you know, a hug and a kiss and a prayer and maybe a song, that's another habit of attending to them and also an act of love. And, you know, I, I wouldn't, miss those, you know, would love to go back and relive those days. They were beautiful. Um, I miss them. My kids are all grown. So attending and choosing where we're going to pay our attention to, what we're going to pay our attention to is a beautiful habit. Yeah. And I, I had jotted down, like on that note, exactly. I had jotted down just these two words, habits happen and, you know, make sure that they're what you want to be building with. Maybe that's part of that idea of begin with the end in mind. Like, what am I? A wise woman builds her house, but the foolish woman tears it down with her own hands through the everyday acts. And just habits don't disappear. That's the whole idea is that they become involuntary or second nature. That's how you know you have made something into a habit. And I've been contemplating this idea of intentional versus unintentional and good habits can actually happen unintentionally as well out of the grace that we've been given. I think even things like kissing your child goodnight, that's probably not something each of us, when they place a baby in our arms, they're like, now make sure you create a habit of kissing your child goodnight. It's good for like the mother child bond. Like we just instinctually as mothers know to offer that affection and it becomes a habit. And we'll probably jump into this next time as far as like kid habits. But in my, in my family, when I, my girls all share a room. So every night when I, um, when I tuck them into bed and I would guess every single one of you, this is, you know, you have your little routine. It's just the thing that you did every night. And it's, like, I wish I could hear every single one of yours, like nighttime routine, because I think that's a really beautiful part of motherhood. And we have each of my girls has a special kiss that's very unique to them. And they're like one of them, they each get a kiss on each cheek and then um, like and an Eskimo kiss. That's one. And then one is three kisses. Um, and one child does not like to be kissed. So hers is the long hug, like long hug. And then if I get that mixed up and I give Ellis's kiss to Eleanor, it's like, no, no, you gave me the wrong kiss. That's not the right one. 
but that's an unintentional habit that just happened. Um, and we celebrate that, but how do we, <laughs> what if there's some habits that we need to get rid of that are not quite so beautiful? What habits matter? And I'd love to hear this from you ladies, because you have very different families from each other. How did you decide what habits were important and that you were like, what are like big habits that everyone should do? And what are just like family habits? What did that look like for you? I don't know, Renee, what did, what was the difference between everyone should have this sort of habit and this is kind of our family thing. Um, oh, you're making me remember from a long time ago. <laughs> I don't know. Um, this is, you know, family habits. Um, you know, nighttime stories were important to us. Um, praying before dinner is important. Everyone pitching in and helping. Um, those kinds of things. Um, hopefully, you know, modeling to my kids and something that whether I did a good job or not, you know, God is faithful. And I, I pray that maybe some seeds were planted at least, but, you know, again, starting your day with prayer and Bible reading a devotion of some sort. Um, I think that's a, a huge, huge habit, especially for young busy moms to put into place because it's so easy to let that go and think, you know, everything else is more important or I'll do this later. And God's word is our food. It's the bread of life, literally. And so we have to feed on that. And, um, you know, I, I know me personally, I wouldn't go a day without eating. So that particular food, um, God's word, I need to pay attention and remember to eat that as well. Um, and so I would really encourage young moms, you know, you can let a lot of things go, but that's one habit, um, putting God first, putting him at the beginning of your day. Um, that I would really encourage everyone to find a way, you know, to make that happen. Um, other habits, I think it, it's just going to depend on the family. Every family is different. Every family has their, their own things, their own things that they do. Um, going to church together on Sundays. Um, of course, I think that's a big one. Um, that's, that's one of those non-negotiable things. Is that answering your question? Exactly. <laughs> oh, and I'm so, I actually am so glad that you brought up um, praying with your family and that spiritual formation. Cause I will just be upfront. Like I'm just like right in the middle of it with all of the things and the school list that needs to be done and the housework and kids going like we have guitar lessons and gymnastics and whatever. Everybody has their, all their things. It is, it's crazy how that is the first thing that's so easy to let go. And I don't know, like, I don't know why that is, but it is so easy to say, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. We'll do it tomorrow. We'll make sure whatever. Um, and how I've seen over the last couple of years, how it is so directly tied to habit formation in that if you can like persevere and endure in like creating that as a habit for it to become involuntary, like this is what we do. We say our prayers every morning. We read something that it, as you said, like that's life-giving. Yeah. Karen, what did those big habits look like? What were the big habits in your home? Big habits were eating meals together, breakfast together, even when that was really hard to do when you've got kids who um, get to that age where they don't want to. 
They don't want to get up. They are grumpy at the breakfast table. They don't want to, they don't want to participate or you want, or, you know, another one was um, reading and um, devotions after dinner. And there again could be some really bad habits, not bad habits, bad attitudes exhibited, but like you don't not do it because of that. You know, like you try to make it short, you try to make it enjoyable, but sometimes somebody's just going to be grumpy about it and you just have to, you know, go with the flow on that and ignore it or deal with it or whatever. There was often there was some, you know, somebody would have to go, oh, I have to go to the bathroom and then they'd somehow be gone like for the whole of devotions. You're like, oh, tricky. <laughs> um Somehow, other habits we had were um, when we were in the car, nobody was allowed to be on any any listening device. We were all, if we were going to listen to something as a family, we were all going to listen to the same thing. So we had very long car rides across the country many summers um, as we went to visit family. And so you know, we all had to be listening to the same thing. If we were all in the car together, we're all doing the same thing together. I, I think habits, it, I, I guess it falls under the category of limiting screen time, games, limiting all of that to, you know and it, it i guess that became a habit because they just knew it, that just they just knew that they went once they kind of know the rules and they don't even ask anymore then it's oh it's just what we do yeah and habits are not and maybe of the three of us i have to like i should be the one to say this um the goal of habits is not a perfect home mm-hmm. in that we create habits so that we will have this home that just always runs perfectly. And um, the goal of a habit is to orient ourselves towards who we truly are and who we are becoming and who we were made to be. That's why we make these small mundane decisions. So we, we, we acquire the virtues. The goal of a habit is to acquire the habit of virtue. But there's always there's always relationship in habits. And so I, there were there in my own home, there's many, many times that, Hey, this is the habit. This is what we always do. And then once in a while we don't, and then we don't, don't do that on that day. Um, and even sometimes we'll give up some things that are like, like that was so important that we do. Cause I have, like, I have to keep my people in mind that they are people um, and they're growing and I'm growing. Um, I sat down with my kids this week and I was like, I'm sorry. Like, please forgive me. I'm growing too. This is how I didn't keep this habit. And I should have. And tomorrow we begin again. So that's, we actually, we're going to run out of time here, actually. So I want to jump into as moms, not as a teachers of our children, but as growing and becoming women, like how do we ourselves then form these habits and work to keep these habits? One thing that I think is helpful is um, to have someone that you can be accountable with or to, whoever that might be. Um, If it works out for that person to be your husband, great. If not, maybe you have a good friend um, that you can share your intentions with and and, and just have someone that you can check in on, check in with. Other times, maybe you and, and this family member or this friend are working on the same thing together. And that can be really helpful. I, I, it's nice to have a little buddy along the road that you're, you're traveling. 
um, when, when Steve and I would be going to the gym and one of us really would not want to go, the other one could say, come on, we're going to do it and you'll feel better when you're done. And that happened both directions. You know, he wouldn't want to go or I wouldn't want to go. And it was so nice to have someone to help share the load with. Another thing is if you see someone that you know has this habit and you admire that in them, ask them for help. One of my associate apprentices uh, reached out and, and we helped her get a schedule together one, one week. And she, you know, we just talked through some issues and, and wrote down and she wrote down some, some things that she wanted to accomplish and, and she was so excited and saw results, right? It wasn't, you know, it's not a super hard thing, but just reaching out to someone and saying, could you share with me how, how you do this? Because I admire that in you. So remembering that we're part of a community and, and taking advantage of that. And then also, I think it's important that we don't punish ourselves for, for doing something, you know, oh, there, I'm doing that thing again, I don't want to. And, and speaking to ourselves in a way that's negative or hurtful, but instead just asking, what is something I could do to replace that habit with? So if, if I'm, you know, it, it can be something like, you know, I don't want to eat the, the cookies in the pantry, so I make sure I have fresh fruit cut up and ready to go in the fridge so that I can replace one with the other. Um, so replacement helps. Um, and then also is the idea of attaching a new habit to, an ha- to a habit you already have. So like if I, I know for a fact I'm going to drink at least one, probably two cups of coffee every morning. So I can either read something that's probably not a good priority to read like social media or get on the computer, or I can read my Bible, but I'm going to read something while I drink that coffee. So I, I attach the new habit or the habit, the behavior I want with the behavior that is already ingrained. So those are just a few, you know, kind of tips I would throw out there. And Renee, I liked what you said earlier about breaking, breaking it down into smaller parts. You know, I can't, I, I maybe can't do, I don't know, I can't keep the whole yard tidy all the time. Um, you know, every, I don't, it's, it doesn't look like I want it to look like, but, you know, I can do some small part of that. You know, keep the weeds out of the flower garden. I can, you know, keep the kids cutting the grass. Like I can just pick one little thing that I can, when I get that done and I, I know how to do that and I, I'm competent, then we can go into something bigger. But, you know, a really, a really big task or a really, a really big area that needs work on is, is so overwhelming. Sometimes we don't even bother. Can we feel like we feel defeated before we start? Yeah. And, and on that, I see as I am working to acquire habits, I have to have some sort of idea or inspiration of why I'm doing this behind it. We'll talk about this next time with our children of why it does matter that, especially for older kids, that there's some sort of explanation of why they're doing this, though it doesn't seem purposeless. Charlotte Mason has a quote that says, a habit becomes binding in proportion to the inspiring power of the idea which underlies it. And this is something I've been contemplating as I have very recently in the last few weeks taken on giving up the habit of Instagram and I don't know if any of y'all are like this but I like pick up my phone and I don't even know how my like my finger goes to that app just I don't even I don't even think about it and it's just I have two minutes in between something I pick up my phone and I'll go on Instagram 
And I love Instagram. I actually, it's really beautiful. And I've just followed many, many beautiful people's lives. And um, it is actually very inspiring. But I have found that it has become a habit in my life that perhaps my time could be spent other ways. And there often is a thread of, oh, my homeschool journey is definitely not as beautiful as that person's homeschool journey. Um, and just social media or phone use in general has been a habit that I've had to really contemplate. And as Renee said, when you're trying to form a new habit, I can't just be like, no more social media for me. I'll just come back to it. Um, so yes, those small steps of, for me, it is when I pick up my phone to go to that, I'm like, oh, remember? And then I just immediately put my phone down. Um, and then, all right, what is the next thing that I have in love been given to do? But it isn't just like, don't go on Instagram. There is an idea behind that, that I'm following as far as my love for my family, my time use, my children seeing me on like, what example am I setting for them for phone use, technology addiction, like people are literally in recovery programs for this. I can see why. But there's an idea behind that. There's an idea behind the family table. There is an idea behind order, behind rhythms of our day. Like we do like feed yourself with those big ideas and ideals and hold on to them. And then we put it in to practice. But it does like how are we out of time already? It does look like we are going to like wrap it up here. I'm just, if it's, if it's fine, I'm just going to finish um, with a short passage from Hebrews that goes along with just the discipline of habits. And it's just in Hebrews when it says, for the moment, all discipline or habit forming seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. And I love this part so much. And I hope you mamas hear this. Therefore, lift your drooping hands, strengthen your weak knees, make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. Strive for peace with everyone and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. And that really is the goal of our habit formation is for the healing of our souls and bodies. So do you ladies have like any last word of habit forming before we sign off here? I think you just said it so beautifully. Well, then may the God of peace be with you as you mundanely practice growing towards virtue just through these everyday habits. So here's to home. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.